Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome back. Bring us up to date on what's the news, not only on prevention, but on COVID, vaccines, and all the rest of the topics of the day. Well, there's so much going on about COVID right now, at least to me there is, that it's really... Um, it's changed how I feel about what we're doing so much. So I remember when we first started talking about um, the FDA approving, quote unquote, the Pfizer vaccine, which is not what was approved. I really changed my tune. And you were surprised on the air about a month ago. You said, wait a minute, you've been promoting vaccines this whole time. And all of a sudden, I'm not really Full on. So I want to say we're still promoting vaccines, except I'm not sure I'm I'm not sure how I feel about promoting a Pfizer booster. Even though the FDA approved it um, prior to the FDA approval of a booster for people over 65 or people between 50 and 70 who have chronic illness. The problem is before that, an FDA advisory committee advised against approving Pfizer as a booster shot. And and then like two days later, the FDA didn't pay any attention to their advisory committee and, and approved it anyway. And the question is, what happened there? And what's the basis for the FDA advisory committee for not approving a booster shot? So is it prolific out there? Are people getting booster shots? I know one of my neighbors told me she's going to Paris tomorrow and she said she got a booster shot. So I don't know. Well, even though this vaccine and the administration of the vaccine should be highly regulated, it is not. So even before the FDA and the CDC approved booster vaccines, any one of us and any one of you listeners could probably have gone into any CVS or Walgreens or Rite Aid and asked for a booster and gotten it. Is it available out there right now? I mean, can anybody just go in and say, hi, I'm here for my booster. I've had two Pfizer shots. and Probably. Really? And that's not right anymore. Okay. So if this is so regulated, why are these pharmacies administering a vaccine that's unapproved? You know, it's approved to be given, but it wasn't approved as a booster. But a few weeks ago, before the approval was made, you could have gone to any one of these pharmacies and gotten a booster. That wasn't approved for that indication. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much hypocrisy going on mm-hmm. that I can't get a pharmacy. I shouldn't say I can't get a pharmacy. There are pharmacies that are, in, that are, prescri- that are filling my prescriptions for ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine when I need it or dexamethasone um, for my COVID patients. But... Um, there, there, some of them aren't because they're standing on ceremony that, oh, the FDA isn't approving it yet. They're going to administer an unapproved booster vaccine when before it was approved. And now that it's approved, you really got to question the FDA's reason for approving a booster vaccine that may not work. Well, who cares if it doesn't work as long as it's not harmful? I'm more concerned with the fact that last week, one of your patients for whom you wrote a prescription for ivermectin that some pharmacist just decided on his own to overrule you, who's an MD, who's above him, 
and therefore the patient for whom you were writing the ivermectin prescription who was going to Costa Rica did or didn't get it, but at least this pharmacy didn't fill it. And since when is the pharmacist allowed to overrule what the MD writes? That's scary, scary, scary. I agree it is scary, but also what you said before is also scary, which is who cares about getting a vaccine that doesn't work as long as it isn't harmful? Well, maybe it is harmful because the FDA is not recognizing the adverse events record that's being made by people. But you're talking about the booster, right? I'm talking about the vaccine as a whole. Okay, well, uh, we're, we're but, up to what? 60% of the people in Michigan have already had, well, they're I, already I, vaccinated? I'm going to, again, I'm, I'm straddling a fence and I'm going to say that to get one dose of the vaccine is good, except now what's out there is Delta. You know, so it's primarily the variant that's out there is Delta. And it's based on the data that's coming from Israel. The percentage of people who are getting breakthrough who've been fully vaccinated by Pfizer is the same as an unvaccinated population. So if the break, if, if the people getting Delta is the same percentage of vaccinated versus unvaccinated in Israel, who's keeping this data? But the vaccinated people are doing faring better. They're doing they're doing better when they get the disease. No, these are hospitalized people. Okay. So these are the the percentage of people being hospitalized in Israel. This is in July. Are the same as the unvaccinated population as the vaccinated. That tells you that there's no difference between being vaccinated for Delta in Israel or not being vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So why our government is approving the Pfizer vaccine for a booster when it doesn't work? We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. He's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke Altogether, and we're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800 859 Again, that's 800 859 Okay, Dr. Collender, come back and let's continue on about what you were discussing with uh, vaccines and where we're at right now. Well, I'm telling my patients now to not get a booster for, for Pfizer because the only variant that's out there is Delta. Okay. And so I'm telling them to wait for the Moderna vaccine to or Johnson because the Moderna seems to have better efficacy against Johnson against the Delta variant and the Johnson a little less than that. So Okay, let's jump to the caller. We, we have, have now Pam on the line from Warren. Warren. Pam, what's, what's your question? question? I'm I'm calling um because I had the first COVID vaccine. And um, shortly after, like three days after that, I started getting muscle weakness and fatigue and was hospitalized. And um, they've done several tests, everything coming back negative. I, did, I wanted to find out what my next step it, um, could be. Because I had a muscle, the last thing I had was a muscle biopsy. Um, we're waiting on results of that. But I was wondering if it at all could be uh, West Nile virus. 
because it sounds like a lot of the same things I'm having. I don't know if it's because of the vaccine or could it be left Nile? Well, it sounds like you're getting a pretty uh, aggressive workup, which is great. And after all your tests are in, if nothing shows up, because they are able to diagnose West Nile virus. And so if nothing is showing up um, and your doctor feels that the time correlation with the vaccine and your symptoms uh, makes it likely that it is from the uh, vaccine, then you and your doctor should together report this on the uh, vaccine adverse uh, events reporting system. So um, I, I would let the workout, the workout play itself out so that you can be sure that it isn't something else. And if it isn't, then um, your doctor should do the reporting, not you necessarily. And what we're learning is that it is doctors who are making these reports on the vaccine adverse events report. And so the FDA is blowing and the CDC are blowing off all of these reports that are being uh, made through the system. And um, it's just not possible for them to have evaluated all of the different cases that are on there and say, no, none of those are, are accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I'm, I'm following people uh, that are, I want to say, a little more informed on this than I am. Um, you know, my new favorite source is Peter McCullough on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And um, he's very informed, and he's being canceled left and right. Uh, but his comment is that the adverse events that some people have been able to comb through case by case have been del- reported by doctors. Mm-hmm. So when you say, well, it isn't unsafe, I don't really know that it is or isn't, but it isn't clear. I don't know that these, like this lady that calls, you know, if this is from the vaccine, it needs to be given its due diligence. They're going through a workup. Mm-hmm. And if nothing shows up, then it probably was from the vaccine based on the time. Mm-hmm. At least she didn't die in a ventilator. Well, yeah, but she might be spending the rest of her life with leg weakness and having trouble walking and doing things that you take for granted because she did a vaccine that wasn't fully vetted but approved as being totally safe by our government. So the key here about having adverse events reported is that people should have a choice. And what changed my mind, again, we've been talking about this last few shows, but what really changed my mind is when the FDA approved another version of Pfizer called Comirnaty, and they approved Comirnaty based on the data accumulated from the original Pfizer study, yet Comirnaty has a warning for myocarditis for young people, people under 40. Mm-hmm. But we're able to continue Pfizer as a emergency use availability uh, without any comment on it. So people do not have the information to make a decision. And then for the vaccine to be mandated based on the false approval, the deceitful approval is really criminal. And the government is now. Well, well, because they're (laughs) approved of a wrong vaccine and no one's been told, Hey, we look what happened. They've, they've done, a deceptive move. They did a bait and switch and, and the government is allowing companies 
to mandate use of a vaccine that might have adverse reactions. That really is what changed my whole view of all this. We've said all along, boy, I hope the government is trying to screw us over. And when they, the FDA pulled this double switch on this community, that's where I said, you know what, they might be. Now I feel differently. I still think if you've not been vaccinated, you should get a vaccine, but it should not be Pfizer anymore. Pfizer was great for the original Well, what should it be? Probably Moderna. Okay, I mean. Moderna has better efficacy against Delta. So Pfizer was great in the beginning when we didn't know any better. And now there's Delta. And we've got to use a vaccine that's better for Delta than Pfizer. Okay, so I'm just thinking about all these listeners out there who have absolutely no knowledge whatsoever of biochemistry or mRNA or DNA vaccines. And I think they must all be listening and lost. So I'm going to put it back on the doctor. And I'm going to say that people need to go to you or their primary care physician or whoever is responsible for making that decision and ask your doctor, should I get vaccinated? What kind of vaccine should I get? And it shouldn't be up for them to listen to what's going on at the FDA or, or what the government's doing or who's mandating what. You are in control of your patients. You do a good job. None of your patients were hospitalized. None of them died of COVID. Let everybody then just call your number or their primary care physician and let the physician be in charge. It's not fair to ask the public to be responsible to understand biochemistry. It's just not. Here's the problem with that recommendation is that the F- most doctors are following the recommendations of the FDA blindly. Are and you? I, I, are no, you? no, I think the FDA is crap. Okay, then people so, should just call you. Well, so... So we don't follow the FDA because the FDA does not recognize prevention. So that's why I think the FDA has no longer served the benefit of the people. And this COVID problem has just amplified it a thousand times. So most doctors, and when I'm saying most, I mean all of the others, other than these outliers who are getting canceled on social media left and right, most doctors just follow the FDA exactly without a thought. It's just brainwashed. FDA is the, whatever they say is what we do. Mm-hmm. That's what's covered. It must be okay. That's, you know, if it's, if it's approved, it's covered, and that means it's good. And I think about if it's approved and covered by the FDA, it's bad. So mm-hmm. now, granted, I do write some scripts. I do use pharmaceutical products, the ones that I think that are good, but to just follow the FDA blindly, and the whole system is a disaster right now, a total disaster. So people can't go to their doctor. Their doctor isn't using original thought. No, that's scary. That's the problem. The that's problem a real is, problem right now. The problem it, we're is, in big trouble right now. No, the problem isn't finding the right doctor, I understand. But coming back to what you're doing with your patients, your patients have all survived. They've all done well. They've not gone into the hospital. So obviously you've figured it out. So the rest of them need to figure it out. Well, we, we're here to help people. I mean, you, so, you go ahead. Again, well, we'll come back as the segment's over. We'll come back with, again, to review our vaccine advice. Okay, we'll come back on the other side of the break and talk more about the vaccines. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast. And if you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or if you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. 
You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. We're fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800 800- Eight five nine zero nine five seven, Doctor Collender. Let's try to figure out what is your advice to the people who are listening, the patients out there that are still afraid of getting COVID. A lot of people are still unvaccinated. What are they supposed to do? We have no access to the FDA or Fauci or the government. So, and if they can't rely on their doctors, what are they supposed to do? We're screwed. Well, yeah, you know, we're screwed when the government. And the people on TV and the news agencies and outlets are all spouting the same garbage without any thought or common sense. People do not know what to, how could you know what to do? It's coming at every angle. And anyone, I'm not even that loud a voice. Anyone who's on social media is being shut down. You cannot Mm -hmm. have a reasonable discourse, even a scientific conversation about this on social media um, without being shut down. So I'm advising my patients to no longer get the Pfizer vaccine. I don't think the Pfizer vaccine is useful anymore based on the data that came out of Israel. Well, most of your patients have been vaccinated, though, haven't they? They were, and Pfizer was great against the original strain. But, but now that's that what most of your patients got. They got whatever they got. You mm-hmm. know, it, it was just get what you can. Back then. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so my patients that got vaccinated got what they could. Some have Moderna, some have Johnson, some, you know, most had Pfizer because I do have early adapter patients, you know, Mm -hmm. so vaccines available, they go get it. And I hate to say it, a lot of them went to get a booster, you know, as soon as it became available and and the pharmacies were giving it without it being approved. Mm -hmm. So, you know... I Moderna is has some benefit against Delta. Mm-hmm. And so I would again I'm advising my patients to wait until Delta. Uh, sorry, Siobhan, Moderna go becomes ahead. available. Well, yeah, no, I was just gonna say we have a comment that came in on Facebook. Uh, it says, Hello, Dr. Collender, can you address what the masses can do to circumvent any possible inflammatory responses due to having received the jab? What can unvaxxed do as well? Well, you know, it starts with, thanks for asking, you know, it always starts with knowing your profile. And I think this is a great segue, Siobhan, to talk about your experience, about understanding where your health is so that you can take an appropriate, personalized uh, course of action. Do you mind sharing, you know, your uh, CIMT experience? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I'm looking at the video and you're looking the other direction. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, so I, well, I would consider myself a, quote, healthy person. You know, I exercise, I eat right. We, you know, I'm your patient now. We addressed a lot of my lifestyle things and my labs, but um, I saw that I got my CIMT results and was completely shocked that I seemed to have a pretty bad score considering what I perceived to be my own health. So, you know, it was, it was kind of surprising because it really does put things into perspective of you really don't know how healthy you are because it could be symptomless. You know, you could have a bad score on something and, and feel, seem, you know, seemingly normal. So, well, thanks for sharing that. And to put this in perspective to the question is in order to know what to do, you need to know where you are. 
Right. And exactly. so you've got to identify where you are in the course of health and prevention. And so Siobhan learned that she has plaque and it changed what we do. We did for her. So, right. um, and we made appropriate changes. And so to the listeners, you need to know where your health is and improve it at every level. And right. you're going to lower your inflammation, whatever the cause is. Mm-hmm. So that's your best fight against COVID is improving your own immune system by identifying your faults, mm-hmm. identifying your weaknesses, learn where you're having problems and address it and don't wait until you have a symptom. Mm-hmm. So that's the preventive course is get the testing, get a CIMT, figure out where your arteries are. And the reason we say a CIMT is because it's an objective measurement. Right. Get labs that measure inflammation and artery health. And again, why? Because there's data supporting these labs as a measure of risk. Mm-hmm. And the and learn whether or not you have insulin resistance so that you can learn to eat properly for you. Learn your genetics so that you can work around and apply the right kind of lifestyle tools to avoid what is just a risk not a defined outcome. So that's the answer is you've really got to take a deep dive into your personal health. And that's what, that's the lessons that are being lost here. You know, this is yeah. part of early treatment. Well, you know, I, I think, I'm going to jump in. Oh, yeah. go, go ahead. Siobhan, we we go have ahead. a caller on the line. So you I do? like okay. to take the caller. Okay. Let's, let's go to the caller. We have Kay in Rochester. Kay, what's your question? Yes. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. My question is for uh, Dr. Callender. Um, uh, on the data that he just shared uh, in reference to the uh, Israel uh, patient, uh, he said that the percentage of the patients that are in the hospital is the same uh, between the vaccinated and non-vaccinated. But uh, from what I, uh, the information that I have is uh, between 70 to 80 percent of the population of Israel is vaccinated, fully vaccinated. Does he mean... uh, if there's 100 patients of the vaccinated versus 100 patients of non-vaccinated, and if that is so, that means the ratio is actually 4 to 1. It's not the same. Well, it's the relative percentages. So your risk of being in the hospital if you're vaccinated is the same as your risk of being vaccinated. So it's, it's a guess is a relative difference. And that's the argument for getting vaccinated. Well, you're more likely to die from being vaccinated, sorry, from being unvaccinated than being vaccinated. The problem is we're not supposed to do any harm. We're supposed to be safe. Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to give you drugs that don't work. We're not supposed to do things that may cause a problem. And I'm not saying that, you know, again, the story changes all the time. And in the beginning of COVID, it was go get a vaccine. Now we're learning, all right, this drug, and I'm not saying don't get vaccine. I'm just saying this Pfizer is not appropriate in when where Delta is the the predominant variant. Well, let's also continue with this discussion because what, what what we want to talk about is what do we take away from this is that patients need to pay attention to two things. And one of them is that prevention is one of the basic keys to faring well through this COVID, however long it lasts that they need to get involved in, in a, a, a program that identifies what their risk is to begin with. And the government should not be making mandates or approving mandates by corporations for drugs that may not work. 
Exactly. Siobhan, you have a caller? Yep. I'm going to jump in because we have another caller. We have Gary from Michigan, didn't get a city. But, Gary, what's your question? Yeah, just, I'm from Detroit area. Um, it amazes me that they won't let people um, have access to protocols to, you know, prevent inflammation and to uh, help you get over this uh, COVID. But what I want to ask the doctor is, what does he know about the graphene oxide that I heard is in these vaccines? Well, there are some preservatives in some of the vaccines just to keep them around. And so, again, if you want to choose not to get vaccinated for whatever reason, that, in my opinion, is your choice. And if you want to get vaccinated, then the health community needs to be giving you the information to make the best choice for you. And because there's questions about the vaccine, it should not be mandated. So, um, you know, vaccines tend to have preservatives. So I, I don't know that there's a problem. I don't have a necessary problem with the preservatives in there. But if you do, then you should have the choice not to get the vaccine. And I think, again, people need to really rely on their doctor. They've got to go back to their doctor. For, I mean, even although... Well, the real story is that, that the whole country has been, uh, is following the FDA blindly, and we're not getting in proper information. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800 859 0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. And before we go to the callers, I'd just like to give a shout out to our listeners in South Korea. Thank you for constantly tuning in and being inquiring and sending all your emails. The doctor is ready to answer any questions you have. Siobhan, do you have a, a question, a caller? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we have, uh, we have a caller and then a question from a caller before. So let's start with John in Chesterfield. John, what's your question? Well, my question, I just, I just, hey, I'm here. Um, I hear somebody else talking on the line. Okay, oh. I guess my question is, um, when this when this Corona, this COVID all started, in fact, it was in the very beginning. Uh, I went. I was sick. I probably had every. I had every symptom that they said COVID had. My son, my wife, their kids. We were all sick. And at work, people were calling off. Two months later, they said, uh, they, two months later, they had, we had the lockdown. But now, we was talking this weekend, my son and his wife and their kids, they all got antibodies to COVID. And the, my other people I know, they got antibodies to COVID. This has been confusing from the very start to where it is now. So we don't know what to do. That's all I have. Well, thank you. And it is confusing. And so I want to say that, in my opinion, based on antibody testing that we did very early on in April of 2020, if you did not get sick in March, like mid-March, you probably didn't have COVID. You know, that's just my experience. Um, there's a couple outliers, but in general, you didn't have COVID. If you got vaccinated, then you're going to have antibodies. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, getting COVID is your best immunity from COVID. Absolutely. Uh, we have a, a couple more callers, Siobhan? Yeah, we have a couple more. So let's start. We have a Canadian caller, Ed from Ontario. Ed, what's your question? Hi, Siobhan. 
We're here. Yeah, so we're ask, here. Go ahead. Ahead. What's your question? Okay, the line's a little jumbled up. Oh, that's better. Uh, anyhow, I love your show. Listen to it often. And last year in April, I heard uh, Christian Wilde. Are you familiar with him? No. He's a medical researcher, and he came on coast to coast, did a five-minute thing uh, warning everyone about the new variant, if you can call it that, because I believe they've all been created, coming out of Kazakhstan. And I'm wondering why is it only me that heard that? Because it was a lengthy report. What, what was your? What would be your ideas on that, doctor? Well, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to, but I do want to say that it's important for the government and these pharmaceutical companies to be developing new vaccines to these new variants, so that if this is the route they're going to take, they can stay ahead of it. And the, again, the idea of promoting a vaccine that doesn't work doesn't make any sense to me. It shouldn't make any sense to you. Um, and that it doesn't. So, I mean, viruses are going to mutate. They're going to have new variants. It doesn't mean that they're clinically relevant either. So there's a lot of variants to COVID. They're just not all clinically relevant. Siobhan, you have another caller? Yeah. So up next, we have Dorothy and Frazier. Dorothy, what's your question? Hi, uh, I just ca caught some of the program. What if you're getting the Pfizer, all the both shots Pfizer, but we're getting the Moderna? Should we stick with the Moderna? Um, so right now, if you're going to get a booster, you should get either Moderna or the Johnson, not a Pfizer booster. That's my opinion. Okay, we have an, we have another questions, right? Uh, well, we did. We had a question from earlier. It's uh, the caller isn't on the line, but um, he or she, I'm not sure, was asking if they had a bad reaction to the Pfizer, can they still get Moderna? So I'm not sure if this means they were fully vaccinated and want to go and get another vaccine, Moderna. But what are your thoughts on that? Depends on the reaction. You know, if it was just a non-specific and reaction like achy and chills and a low-grade fever. I would just say that's their immune system being activated or the inflammation people are talking about. So I don't know that that's a reason not to get a vaccine. Um, but again, it's if it was terrible, and again, because we're learning that these vaccines are totally different, get a different one. But again, I would not, I'm not recommending Pfizer to my patients anymore because of this studies are coming out that just doesn't seem to be effective against Delta. I think the important thing here before we run out of time is letting people know that if they do get the disease or come down with the symptoms, it's crucially important that they have someone to shepherd them through. And as I've said many times before, none of your patients died. None of them went into the hospital. You're administering um, medications that help them get through the disease and get over it and get beyond it. So I think people need to focus more on that than what the FDA and the government is doing because we have no control over that. But talk to us a little bit about how early care um, is influencing how they're going to you know, get through COVID should they get it. Well, that's a great question. I think it's very important to start right away. And that means my patients are calling me as soon as they have a positive test. And if they're not feeling well, I ask them to get a test. And with a positive test, we make sure my patients are on high doses of vitamin D3, zinc, because we're learning that COVID doesn't like zinc. 
We're putting them, this is a new thing we started, which is quercetin um, along with vitamin C. And the reason is vitamin C, my wife tells me, helps quercetin work better. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you can tell I'm not a big supplement doctor, but this is uh, an area that helps COVID. And then I use hydroxychloroquine right away. I don't wait for people to be sick mm-hmm. right away. You're, obviously, they're sick. They got, they've had symptoms. They got tested. Start on hydroxychloroquine. Um, or they could do ivermectin for a few days. Um, and then maybe they need a steroid, depending how sick they are. At the very least, people should be on uh, an oral inhaler for asthma, which is Pulmacort, and that's pretty new. And there mm-hmm. was some, there was research studies that showed people that used Pulmacort did better than other than people that didn't. And then a few days later, if they're not doing better, I send them to get a monoclonal antibody therapy. And last week we mentioned a site through the National Infusion Center website. You can find an, a monoclonal antibody uh, locator where you live and where to go. Um, you might need your doctor's assistance to get in, but that's critical. And this, all this ought to keep you out of the hospital. And once again, because I've only got about 20 seconds left to say, a lot of these people are lost because they're not getting the care from their doctor or the direction from their doctor. They're not getting to see their doctor. They're not being cured by their doctor. They're not being shepherded through the process if they get sick. So once again, I'm going to say that if anyone's lost out there, gets COVID, you can always call Dr. Colander at 866-COLANDER. His office will be glad to at least set you on the right direction. Unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention, for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing and treatments. This show is brought to you by Collender Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday at 3 p.m. and Thursday at 7 p.m. for the latest medical updates. And thank you for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well.